Our scripture lesson this morning comes out of Luke's Gospel, out of the fifth chapter of Luke's Gospel. We at First EPC believe that the Bible is God's truth. It's living, it's active, it's the only infallible way of faith and practice, uniquely and fully inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is truly God's gift to us, so we need to know what it says. I'm going to read chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking, and they signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Let us pray a moment. Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be so present among us, within us. That, Lord, you would do what what you promised. That through your Spirit, you would convict us and convince us and teach us. And maybe most importantly, Lord, you would change us, transform us. Lord, we pray that this morning that this wouldn't be just a word we hear and a familiar story that passes our ears, but a transforming word that can change our lives forever. Thank you, Jesus, for what you do with us and through us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, this Sea of Galilee narrow little lake, about 13 miles long, 8 miles wide. I was on a little island down in Charleston, South Carolina a few years back, preaching in a little church down there. 
just about the same size. A little place. A big splash, this little lake, Sea of Galilee, was 686 feet below sea level. In Peter's day, there were nine little villages that dotted around the shoreline, and the climate was tropical, very pleasant. Jesus was there. Until now, he had, he had preached mostly in the synagogues, mostly in the, in the towns around. But here he was teaching along the shore. The synagogue, the, maybe what we could call the organized religion, would soon shut him off. They would ridicule his words, try to discredit him, eventually forbid him to speak. He would take his message out into the countryside to those who wanted to hear. And this morning, just a few feet away from the shore, Jesus began teaching from Peter's boat, Simon's boat. Now, it's, it's interesting how, how Luke tells us nothing about what Jesus was saying to the crowd. We don't have the words of the sermon that was taught. We have nothing. This story was not about what Jesus said so much as about what Jesus did. It's a story about the kind of God we have, about the kind of person that Jesus is, about the kinds of person He wants us to be. Peter was done fishing that day, and in that time you did most of the fishing at night because you was very fairly shallow, even when we talk about going out into the deep, it was still fairly shallow where their nets could reach, and the fish could just look up and see that boat and stay away. That's what they did. That's what they did. They hadn't had any, what you might call, luck. Maybe it's more providence that night. Indeed, Luke tells us that they caught absolutely nothing. Which would be a little strange for professional fishermen. You'd at least think there would be some one or two fish in the net. Something to humor them along a little bit. But not for Peter that night. Not for any of them that night. And Peter was frustrated. And he was tired. And he was probably wondering what he might do differently the next night. Probably he didn't hear a thing Jesus taught that morning. And then as Luke shares the story, when Jesus had finished speaking, he did a very peculiar thing. He turned his attention to Simon, and he said to Simon, he said, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. A lot of good words in that sentence. Put out into the deep, out into the deeper water, not the shallow water, out into the deeper water. Let down your nets. That's how you did the fishing, right? Let down your nets for a catch. Not for an empty net. Not for the same old, same old that you've been experiencing all night. No, for something very different. For a catch. It was a promise for a catch. Well, what do you think Jesus was trying to do? What is it that Jesus wanted Peter to see? 
Whatever Jesus had in mind, Peter wasn't excited about it at all. He, he protested. He said, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. We're not beginners here. You can hear him going on and on. You know, Peter wasn't proud of the fact that he had caught nothing. Nobody is. Never do you want to strike out. Things weren't going like he wanted. And like I said before, he was frustrated. He'd already cleaned up his nets. He'd already put them up, put them away. He'd already accepted his failure. and Didn't really want to attract any more attention to it. Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. We can add the rest from our own experience. Now let's just forget about it. Let's just put it all behind us. Anyone who struggled in faith, anyone who struggled to believe that what seemed to be just beyond their reach, just beyond their grasp, can identify with Peter here. And with his plea, we've toiled all night and taken nothing. We've searched, we've prayed, we've begged. You know, there are lots of areas of our life that defy our abilities and our best efforts. Those times when death has come so near. When sickness lays its claim, when we feel so, so helpless. Those times when, when ones that we, that we love so much are being destroyed with alcohol or, or drugs or immorality. Th those who are around us that we care about so much and we try to share about God, we try to share about Jesus, we try to share about the cross and get rebuffed or ignored. Nothing we say seems to make any difference in any of those situations. Those times when relationships that we, we depend on, even cherish, are difficult at best, at work, at school, at home. I've been there. Peter was there. We've all been there in, in one way or another. And then in, in the midst of all our frustration and all our disappointment and all of our helplessness, here's Jesus challenging us to see life from a different perspective, to see things in a different way, to live not by what we can accomplish, but by the power of God, what God can accomplish. We so often limit God. He challenged the faltering faith of Peter to believe in the impossible. Let down for a catch. The incredible. And of course, we know what happened. We heard it this morning in the children's message. You heard it again as I read it from Luke. The boats were so filled with wet, slippery fish squirming and wiggling all about jumping all over the fishermen. They couldn't handle it at all. They, they were about to sink. Not one boat, but two. From a night of catching nothing to a moment of catching so many fish that the boats couldn't hold them. Now that's a miracle. As Mother Teresa used to say, that's a first-class miracle. That's a real one. From a night of catching absolutely zero to having such abundance overflowing. And what did Peter do? What did Peter do? Did, did he react as, as he saw that catch and, ju and just clap his hands and, and shout for joy and say, oh, look at all these fish, look at all these fish. What are we going to, oh my, how good, how good. Did he brag to Jesus? 
to his friends? Did he brag? No, not yet. He falls on his knees before Jesus. He falls on his knees before Jesus and he cries out, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Why did Peter say that? It seems a little inconsistent, maybe. Could it be that suddenly he was realizing that he was in the presence of someone very special? Oh, he had been listening to Jesus some before. But could he be now thinking that this Jesus might be God? What a miracle. What an amazing, incredible miracle. You know, when it happened to Isaiah in, in chapter 6, and I read the very last part of that this morning as our, as our first Scripture reading, but in Isaiah, back up three verses to, to 6.5, Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That's what happened to Isaiah. Or when it happened to Job. He said, I have spoke of things I did not know. My ears have, have heard of you. But now, now, my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Peter all of a sudden realized that Jesus just wasn't a nifty teacher. He wasn't just another prophet. You know, if he'd have realized that before, he might have put those nets away and let them wait till later and listen to what Jesus had to say. Jesus was much, much more than Peter realized. And he was beginning to think, he was not just a man. He was beginning to think probably that maybe this is the Messiah. That's who he yearned for. God's Messiah. Maybe he was the Son of God. He certainly did only what God could do. And then, maybe more important, Peter realized that he was the focus of Jesus' attention. It wasn't just the crowd. It was, was him. That somehow Jesus had singled him out. Maybe he started to wonder why. Jesus had a purpose. A reason. When Jesus had Peter put out into the deep, out into the deep and, and when the nets were, were breaking with the miraculous catch, Peter knew that Jesus wasn't just trying to teach him how to fish. He knew how to fish. He could teach Jesus how to fish. This wasn't about fishing, was it? This was about how to live. What Peter had thought he wanted, what he thought would, would satisfy him, would, would make him happy, was a boatload of fish. How many of us think that our happiness is based on our accomplishments, on the things we can do, 
maybe even our health, or our family. Important, important, but not that important. Peter's success was not in the amount of fish he caught, or that he caught fish at all, but rather in the overwhelming realization that fish had little, if anything, to do with happiness, with success with being purposeful in this world. And that catching them, that was a pretty small goal. You see, Jesus didn't perform the miracle to catch fish, did He? No. We're told very clearly, Jesus performed the miracle to catch Peter. And He did. He did. The, the fisher of fish became a, a fisher of men. You know, that, that's, that's our calling, your calling, my calling. Christ forces us out of our comfort zones, out in, of the shallows, out into the deep. And He stretches our faith. He puts us into situations where, where we have to believe. Where there's nothing left but believe. Nothing left but have faith. Where we have no option but to trust. And then he challenges us. He challenges us right there by overwhelming us with, with more grace and goodness than we can handle. It really doesn't matter what our situation is. It really doesn't matter what our circumstances in. When God floods us from the inside with his presence, it's always overflowing. This, this faith of ours, it, it's no easy faith. It demands from us a change, a change in the way we think, in the way we look at the world, in the way we look at the very simple things that we do, the way we give, the way we love, the way we live, the way we pray. Oh, we pray so weakly. W-E-A-K. We don't pray bold prayers. The little challenge 40-day prayer challenges is challenging us to pray bold prayers, not weak prayers. We have not because we ask not. And Jesus is challenging Peter's faith to go way beyond what he can imagine or think into what God can imagine and do. That's what Jesus was teaching Peter. He's teaching him that, that faith grows when we, when we go out into the deep, when we take a chance, when we risk on God, when we go over our heads beyond what we're able to do and trust what He alone is able to do. Too far from shore to swim. Faith grows when the shallowness of our life's goals are revealed as way too small, way too little for, from, for one chosen by God from one who is a, is a God's child. And we are God's child. We are His chosen. Faith grows when we risk ourselves to do the bidding of Christ. Maybe the foolish things. The seemingly impossible things. The things of His kingdom. You know, like being a fisher of men. There are always going to be problems. Always going to be challenges. Many times 
when our faith, our faith is really not up to the challenge. There will still be those dark days, those lonely spots, those times when nothing seems to be going right, or at least the way you want it. But underneath it all, there will always be a stronger assurance, even a knowing that God is with us. God is somehow in this. Somehow. And as we pursue that, as we pursue His work, as we try to hear His voice and and follow His lead, His calling on our lives, then, then He's going to be there to provide every time more than we ever need. I think that's a beautiful part of this story. Peter just didn't catch a net full of fish. He he caught two boatloads of fish and more and more. Oh, it was a beautiful swarm of fish that were hauled into those boats that day. No no doubt about it. And I'm sure all the folks on the crowd were ooing and aahing and amazed, absolutely amazed. It was a beautiful story of how Jesus called Peter and how he calls us. To himself, to faith and trust in his provision and his care. Of how Jesus calls us to be about his work, not ours, his work. What's important? What was important for Peter? Catching fish or catching men for Christ? That's what, that's what Jesus was trying to do. The kind of reorganizing our thinking so that the right priorities are there. Luke concludes in his story with the words, they left everything and followed him. Powerful words. I ask myself, could I do that? Could I do that? Oh yeah, there was a day way back when I quit a job and went into ministry and everybody says, oh, that's so nice. And I used to tell them I had no choice. I really didn't feel like I did. And I still don't. But I didn't give up everything. Didn't give up everything. Didn't give up much of anything, really, in the big scheme of things. Are we ready to give up everything and follow Jesus? Are we ready to put out into the deep and follow that still small voice that we know to be true, that we somehow just can't get out of our our inside, out of our mind, out of our brain? Are we ready ready to, to trust God for everything we need? For that healing, for that comfort, for that lost child, Are we ready? Are we ready to trust Him with our life and our death? Trust Him with our family, our husband, our wife, our children. Trust Him for your physical needs as well as your spiritual healing. Are we ready? And Jesus calls each one of us to put out into the deep 
put out in the deep. It may be asking us to go talk to a neighbor or our best friend about Jesus. Now, that's a pretty important thing. It is to God. It may be about looking around and seeing where He, he wants us to be a part of, of His church, of His work in, in this community, in this place. It's always, it's always about building His kingdom. The question is, are we, am I, willing to go, willing to do what He says go and do?